The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. I've been the same ever since you started working. Frank, if you weren't always so broke, I wouldn't have to work. And that's from a movie, Kidco, meaning kid company. Some adorable kids start their own company, and that was made long ago, I think in the 1980s, and I still remember it fondly. I think it helped my kids earn an appreciation for money. And that idea, if you weren't so broke, you wouldn't have to work. On one hand, what is work? Is work drudgery? Is earning money drudgery? Or can money buy happiness. If you work, can it contribute to your happiness? If you earn money, can it contribute to it? With me to discuss this is Dr. Tara Smith, Professor of Philosophy at the University of Texas at Austin, and she's the author of several books and numerous articles in moral, political, and legal philosophy, including a wonderful pamphlet, a must-get pamphlet, Money Can Buy Happiness. And I said money can, C-A-N, buy happiness. And uh, that's available at my website, drkenner.com or amazon.com. And I want to welcome you, Dr. Tara Smith, to the show. Thank you for having me. And can you address ways in which money contributes to happiness? Sure, and money is vital to happiness because money stands for goods. Money stands for values that human beings have created, material values, services. So again, not just products like bread and shoes and and clothes and computers, but services. The hairdresser. Gardening, haircut. Or the doctor's visit. Right, sorry. Doctor's visit, certainly. I mean, there are all sorts of good things useful, valuable things, life enhancers. These are the values that men, human beings, create. And then money is the way we trade those things. So money is the way we get them if we ourselves are creators, producers of something that other people want, right? So money enables us to get more goods, genuine goods in our lives. And we need so those goods, many. Just contri- I mean, right. it, it doesn't contribute sort of as some peripheral further ribbon on your, on your happiness. It's vital to your being able to customize your life, to make it more and more the way you want your life, your days to be. So the more you earn, the, more you, the, the broader your scope of living the more you can get. Like my husband can go out and get a a hip replacement, (laughs) you know, from somebody who came up with a new procedure on replacing hips. And so he, instead of living for the rest of his life in pain and unable to dance, a week after the hip operation was able to dance, which is astounding. And it's wonderful that he had been productive enough, that he had saved enough money such that he had that option. Right. Right. I mean, it's wonderful that other people had come up with this wonderful product, the hip replacement. Right. But when you, the more money you have, the more options you have. Right. More options not only on how to spend your money, but how to spend your time. So right? What to do with the hours in a day? Okay, so money contributes to happiness because we can get the material things, the hip or the haircut or the uh, new dress or a new home or a vacation. And what about spiritual things? Does money contribute to spiritual happiness? Yes. And first, let me clarify what, what I mean by spiritual, because I think a lot of people tend to equate the spiritual with the mystical. Right, and the self-deprecating, right? You have to give up everything. Now, that's not... I don't 
you know, I, I have no, uh, no truck with those ideas. But by spiritual as opposed to material, what I'm referring to are things like your psychological well-being, your emotional well-being, right? We all know the difference between certain compartments, as we sometimes think of them, in a person's life. Well, yeah, he's got a well-paying job, but he's not really happy, or he's kind of miserable or lonely, or the rest of his life doesn't seem really fleshed out and satisfying to him, right? I mean, people go to therapists like yourself, because spiritually, there are other sorts of values that are lacking in their lives. Right. So, So, again, they're not material goods, it's not something in your back pocket or your bank account, but let me give a few examples. And education can be a spiritual value to you, right? It feeds your mind, your ability to think, to make decisions, your emotional well-being. Art, music, good literature, dancing, an example you gave, right? Right. These things fulfill you spiritually. Good relationships with other people. Right. Good friends, even casual friends. I mean, these are pluses to your overall well-being. So, you know... Material well-being is extremely important because we are material beings, but we're also spiritual beings. We have psyches, right? and those need to be nourished by these spiritual goods as well. And again, getting back to the point about money, the more money you have, the more options you have for how to feed all of your values, material and spiritual, how to feed all of the things that enable you to have the best, most enjoyable, most satisfying life you can. So the more you have, the more the more happiness you have, essentially. Well, if you use it well, yeah. people can misuse their money. People can have ill-begotten money, mm-hmm. you know, money that they got from an entitlement program or something that, it, that they didn't achieve. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about people who earn money. It expands their scope of living, and it enhances them both in the things that they're able to buy, a mm-hmm. better house, even, I was going to say the better mousetrap, but even mm-hmm. if they have, uh, we have a groundhog at our house, and maybe we could call, we could pay for a company to come in and get rid of it so it doesn't eat our garden, and mm-hmm. that would be both a material and a spiritual uh, gain. Oh, right. right, I mean, it's small, but... Again, money doesn't guarantee happiness, and right. people can go after money for stupid reasons that aren't going to feed their happiness. They can misuse money that they have. You know, there's no guarantee, right. but properly used and properly produced and gained and earned money, the acquisition, because again, you have to remember what it stands for. It stands for... Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. (laughs) Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is, The Selfish Path to Romance, a serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. Money, the acquisition, because again, you have to remember what it stands for. It stands for values. Right. The more values I'm able to acquire and choose, 
Right. Customizing what I choose to my overall conception of my having a happy life, the better off I am. I, you know, we should all wish great wealth and prosperity to one another and to ourselves. And you've said that we all hear money is time is money, but money is time too. And we, we just have a few moments left, but you want to address that? Yeah, I think that's a really, and I have to say, I, I gained that insight from Ayn Rand in her novel Atlas Shrugged. She talks about this, um, how, you know, we all know time is money, and if you dawdle, you're wasting money. But why is money valuable? Money is valuable because it, in effect, extends the amount of time you have to spend in ways that you like. The less time I have to spend simply making ends meet, getting that meal on my table tonight or tomorrow morning, right? the less time I have to work doing that, because of the more money I've already, the more goods I've already produced, money I've already accumulated, right? the more choices I have for spending my time in right. a way that's going to be most valuable to me. So really, so that's at, the real value of money. So at the heart, it expands your options, basically, yes. and it expands your happiness if you earn it properly and use it well to enhance both your uh, material well-being and your spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage people, if you like what you're hearing or you want more information on it, t- uh, Dr. Tara Smith, who I'm speaking with, has written an incredible little pamphlet, very concise and to the point and readable. Money can buy happiness. It doesn't guarantee it, as you said, and uh, I won't buy it for everyone. It depends on your character, but it's a wonderful, a wonderful little find. It, you can get it at Amazon.com or at my website, drkenner.com. And Dr. Tara Smith, I want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke, who's world famous for his theories in goal setting. What can you do when your partner refuses to work with you to resolve conflict? Sometimes the underlying problem is that partners are not addressing the real issue. The resisting partner may not want to acknowledge or may not explicitly know what the real issue is. For example, a man may resist planning a romantic evening because he fears the humiliation of impotence. Nurturing supportive discussion may help him talk about this issue and deal with his fears openly and move towards some solution. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.